You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Good evening and welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and coming up on the programme this evening, we will be putting a call into Ali Dunworth, food consultant, cook and creative, who has worked behind the scenes on lots of well-known cookery and food programmes at home, such as Operation Transformation and What Are You Eating? And then Across the Water on Saturday Kitchen and Nigella Feasts. And that's just a flavour of some of the shows Ali has lent her expertise to. She's also curated and been involved in many events, such as the Big Grill Festival, Taste of Dublin and the Theatre of Food at Electric Picnic. And most recently, the Pot Duggan's Sunday Sessions, which we will be hearing all about during our call. We'll also hear a quick chat I had with JP McMahon before he boarded a flight to Barcelona. JP has many roles, one of which is the founder director of Food in the Age, which returns to Galway for its fifth year this October. And he will give us an insight into some of the speakers travelling from all corners of the world to Galway later this year. But before all of that, you can get in touch with the best possible taste by emailing me s.noonan at live.ie or tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation. And I'm on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. So the lovely Ali Dunworth is a food consultant, cook and creative who has worked on some of the best cookery shows on TV where she has collaborated with not only chef royalty, but a few real royals also. She joins us by phone tonight to talk to us in more detail about her career and passion for food. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Ali, you're very welcome to the programme this evening. You're a food consultant, a cook and a creative, which encompasses so much in the world of food, doesn't it? Yeah, lots to cover. Out of all of those things, there must be different elements that you love most. And we'll talk about those a bit in a minute. But let's start, first of all, with TV, because you've worked on a lot of different TV programmes that are on in Ireland and, and further beyond. I started very much my food career in television, which I suppose I sort of did it a bit backwards where I'd worked in restaurants and I studied television and when I graduated I managed to join them both together and go straight into working in food TV. So I I, I think you and I have probably chatted about that a bit before but you start off washing dishes and you're, you know, skivvy for the chefs that are on the TV which is was a really amazing way to learn about food. And so that was kind of where it started from. And you've worked with a number of different personalities. I've heard you talking about Nigella Lawson in the past and some of the tips that you have picked up from her just whenever you're out and about on a daily basis. Yeah, like the amazing thing about how I started was starting on Saturday Kitchen. So you had a different chef every week and every week someone walked in there that I adored or I had read their book or I'd seen them on TV because like I was very into food before I started working in that world and um, you learn I can nearly remember something from every chef that I've worked with over the years and as you get more into it you get more hands on as they come so you do get to learn things and I always think with Nigella I worked with her very early on in London and she I used to do the shopping for the TV series so I was a runner on um, I think the first thing I did was Nigella Feast and our shopping list would be quite obscure, out of season figs or lots of Middle Eastern ingredients and she 
gave me her list of places to go. So from her, I got this amazing black book of shops in London to get every ingredient that you could imagine. That sounds amazing. So it does that um, just to have that insight. And as you say, all those different contacts at, you know, from the word go, that it wasn't something that you had to go out and research. Yeah, like it's a mixture because then there's also a lot of research that goes into it as well. But from that, you you learn so much. And I mean, I'm naturally really nosy and curious. And like we've chatted lots, I just ask as many questions. And I did that to all the chefs. Um, with kind of I suppose developing your research list um, the more you research the more information you get and then yeah just I don't know you build it up and up and up <laughs> but um, yeah it happened over quite a long time I was doing that for nearly 10 years Wow and Tom Parker Bowles is one of the presenters on, on that programme so were you ever rubbing shoulders with royalty? Yeah, I actually, I actually did rub, shake hands, curtsy with the royalty. That was very random because I worked with Tom on Market Kitchen, which was another incredible show that we did for years. And we used to do five shows a week and we'd probably have three chefs on every show. I just came across a picture recently where we celebrate doing our 400th recipe. So that was a lot of stuff. And Tom was really involved in that. But it was a couple of years later, I did um, Great British Menu. The year that the chefs were cooking for Prince Charles as their prize or as the banquet, you know, so you, the four chefs who got through got to cook for Charles and Camilla. And so I would have presented the guests to them on the evening of the banquet. We had to do all kind of security clearance and it was an amazing event to do. And then we, for the banquet, you kind of invite maybe a hundred people, but those people we invited were all the people who produced the food that we served that night because it was all about his kind of Prince Charles's love for um, farming and British food. So it sort of tied in quite nicely. But that was a kind of a very cool event to work on. And was Tom Carriage involved in that that year? Yeah. So Tom hadn't done TV before then, can you believe? And like now he's so famous at... It was myself and another guy, Steve. We, at the beginning of the year, you have to go, or at the beginning of the series, you have to go and find the chef to compete. And Tom was obviously well known in the chefing world because he would have had a star by then in um, The Hand and Flowers. So my colleague Steve went and convinced him to be on TV. We went and filmed with him and he just flew through all the stages. I don't know if you've watched the show. It's quite tough. And he was brilliant. And I got to work with him on sourcing his ingredients because the challenge for the each dish they did, they had to um, source it from as small an area as possible. We gave them all the National Trust property to work from. So I kind of sourced the ducks for him and his um, leaves from this guy called Buxom Growers who has was had a tiny small holding and he was just in the area. And then he supplies... Tom's restaurants and like so many other restaurants in London that was a pretty cool kind of thing to be involved in to introduce them to one another and now they still work together and I'm just reading here it was duck with chips and gravy and yeah like I have a personal passion for gravy chips which is not something you come across very <laughs> often in, in this side of the border 
And in fact, whenever I was I was pregnant with my first child, we discovered a Chinese outside of Newcastle West that did them. And I can remember <laughs> Michael going in very adverse weather conditions one night to get me the gravy chips. So they really need to bring more gravy chips into takeaways here in Ireland, I think. Oh, it's, his gravy was unreal because, like, I don't know if you've eaten Tom Carriage's food, but it's so homely and comforting but so high end at the same time so it's you're eating the chips and the gravy and it's reminding you of chip or comfort food but it's so finessed as well he's just He's so talented. Um, Everybody loved it. It was such a good dish. He said, Ali's IE for detail and understanding of quality helped me hugely take this dish from being a vision to reality. It then went on to win the great British menu. That must be lovely to hear him say something (laughs) like that. Yeah, it is. I just, I I still have such a, a great, like, love for him and, a couple of my friends, my friend Nicole, she still works with him. Um, she does all the books with him. And I watch on Instagram them working together. And I'm just jealous because they're having such a good time because he's a lovely man and he appreciates everybody who works with him. That's what I think is really nice about the side of TV that I worked in. When you work with chefs, they are so appreciative of the work you do because in general, they're very nervous to they're confident in their own kitchens and then to step in front of a camera, they usually get quite nervous. So if you can do everything you can to kind of help them and make them look good on camera, they are very appreciative most of the time. And of course, Tom is literally a shadow of his former self because he has lost so much weight over the past few years and obviously has changed his eating habits and Operation Transformation is on our screens at the moment. And that's another programme that you have worked on. Yeah, I did. I probably worked with them, I think, three seasons. Um, And with that, they have all their recipes written already by their um, dietitians. And then I would do the video shoots for them. And so they put all their recipes up online. So we basically just style up. We used to do, God, 20 or 30 recipes a day and photograph them and just do little videos to match them so that it makes it easier for people following at home to cook the recipes online. So they're pretty straightforward, but it was a lot of work. Um, but it's a nice thing to be involved in because you still see the recipes come up. They always have them in the shops. And I think in like spa and stuff, you see the recipe sheets. Sometimes you see your picture or your video there, which is kind of cool. Absolutely. And healthy eating and all of that must be something that you're you're very passionate about because then what are you eating? The Philip Boucher Hayes program. That's another one that you've been involved in. Yeah, and we did three series of that. What are you eating? Because exactly, I think how I think about food. Because I think you should be thinking about your ingredients and what's in it, and being knowledgeable about what you're eating. And that's what the show was about. I would say the thing about it was read your labels. Like if yeah, if you don't understand what's in it, don't eat it. And that was kind of what we always wanted the takeaway to be from what are you eating? That you might just think you're having a slice of bread, but if you turn it over and there's like 30 ingredients there and you only recognize flour, you probably shouldn't be eating it. (laughs) Um, You know, I always try and encourage people to eat food that doesn't come in a packet. So you don't need an ingredient list. 
Yeah, the education side of it is hugely important. And we're very lucky here in Ireland that we really have so many wonderful ingredients. And you're great at flying the flag for Irish ingredients and working with Irish chefs such as Clodagh McKenna. Tell us about the the collaboration with Clodagh McKenna and the event over in Selfridges last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a really exciting job to do last year. And it goes back to London as well because the head of um, restaurants in Selfridges, Hannah, was my boss when I worked in restaurants in London. So we've kind of stayed in contact and they were doing an Irish food takeover last last year for six weeks. And within that, I curated three events with them. So we did one um, dinner where we got Rory O'Connell and Jay O'Reilly from Ballymaloo. They came over and took over the restaurant for the night. And we did a four-course meal with them and they brought over, again, we used as many Irish ingredients as we could because Selfridges had a lot in the food hall for those six weeks. So they had loads of cheeses and they had um, rapeseed oil. We had butter, meats. The butcher had all Irish meats in there. So that worked out really well. And then we did another dinner where we did like kind of the freshest talent Clodagh was the host of that night and then cooking in the kitchen we had Louise Bannon did the bread who is ex-pastry chef in Noma and now she is working in a farm and bakery in Copenhagen and she's just amazing amazing baker and then we had Grony O'Keefe did the main course she did um, used Irish beef and I had um, Killian from Anir doing the starter, Killian Crowley, he did used Irish salmon. And then for dessert, it was Aoife Noonan, who's an amazing pastry chef. And then I had Mike Thompson, you know, who makes the Young Book cheese. Yes. So mm-hmm. he um, curated a raw milk cheese board, Irish cheese board for the end of the dinner. That was a pretty epic kind of lineup for the dinner. And did you get to enjoy it yourself on the night or had you had it so many times in the run up towards it that you were happy enough just to to watch everybody else enjoy it? No, I got to eat everything. We didn't have much run up at all because how it worked was we did it on um, a Monday night because with pop-ups and events like this, always want chefs who are working. It's hard to get them to do any other night of the week. So the chefs flew over Sunday morning they put their heads down, they prepped all day, got the food ready, served it on Monday. So by the time it came to the dinner, I'd kind of done my piece. They were all organized and the kitchen is tiny in the restaurant we were in. So, yeah, I got to sit down and have dinner with Claude, actually, because then she just kind of introduced the dish. So, yeah, we got to eat it all. It was brilliant. And a number of the names that you mentioned there, like J.R. Royale and um, Grania O'Keefe, they're involved in one of your latest projects, which is with Pot Duggins in Ennistymon in County Clare. Yes, so that's very exciting. That kicks off um, it's February now in February. So um, Pot Duggins, which is a pub that I do some work with down in Ennistymon and Body Tonic, who own a lot of pubs in Dublin, who I work with, they own the pub. And I'm working with Hilary, who is... Um, the kind of head food within the company and we've curated these dinners so we've got five coming up um so it's again the last sunday of every month we have asked a chef to come down and take over the kitchen and called it sunday sessions because we want it to be this kind of relaxed long table dinners where the chefs get to cook 
the kind of food they maybe don't get to cook in the restaurants that's homely it's meant to feel like the chef's night off if, if you know what I mean um, and the first one is Paul Flynn and I was talking to him about it yesterday and he said he wants to get out of his comfort zone and he's going to do a sort of Middle Eastern vibe um, menu but he's kind of got a lot of local ingredients like peppers in there which is brilliant um, yeah they are all sold out but the plan is to take a break in the summer because it's too busy in Ennis Diamond really to invite a lot of people down and then um, we'll do it again September, October, November. So I'm looking for chefs for that. We haven't got that um, sorted yet if anyone's interested. And very important then if somebody is interested in going to one of the, the ones from September on that they don't dilly-dally and as soon as you release the tickets they go in and buy them. Yeah, like we, I suppose with all these events, and it was the same with Selfridges, uh, anytime you do a pop-up or an event out of your comfort zone, the fear in you every time you, you're convinced it's a good idea, that's why you're organising it. And then you put the tickets on sale and then you're like, okay, this has to work. <laughs> and luckily it has for this Selfridges event and it has for this, but yeah, there's always that fear. I'm sure you're the same. You understand what I mean? It's great whenever you do put something up and it and it goes really fast like that. Yeah, it's nice. And then we, I think we've got Paul and then I can't remember the exact order, but then we have Ender, um, McAvoy from Loam and Galway. And then I've got Jess from Kai and Galway and Dayor are cooking together because, again, they just wanted to do a dinner together. So it was brilliant. And then we've got Ross Lewis from Chapter One, which I'm very excited about, and Gronia O'Keefe from Clan Brussel, who I've been, I've worked with her now. This will be our third sort of event together, so I really like working with her. She just she just cooks brilliantly, and she's good fun. A fantastic lineup from all corners of Ireland, really. Yeah, and I always feel I suppose responsibility, and we all should when you're planning events that. I try to obviously gender balance is very important um, and then also trying to look outside of Dublin which can be difficult because I live here and my world revolves around Dublin food scene but yeah try to to get out and about as much as possible. Now you said earlier that you were always into food even before you embarked on a career in the in the food scene. Yeah. So who would you attribute that to? Um, My dad my and my dad's whole side of the family so we just grew up in a house where we everything was cooked at home all the time and I suppose in the 80s and 90s we weren't that into that because you want to eat cereal and we wanted to have pop tarts and we wanted to have frozen food and we didn't really get it very much and now you look back and think that was a very good thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you end up learning anyone who I think is into food or knows how to cook naturally has seen it happen in their own home Um, and you don't realise at the time that it's an education so I think we were lucky in that regard without realising it at the time so dad would have cooked every weekend he always did kind of homemade burgers and chips on Saturday and then always did like a roast on Sunday and then mum cooked the rest of the week. She always makes bread at home. We always had apple tarts, scones, all that sort of stuff. So you just sort of grow up around it and they both would have been very into 
food as well. We wouldn't have eaten out much when we were younger because there was four children. Um, but I have a godmother who has brought me out to eat a lot from when I was a teenage. So she was a big part of the education and still is. She brought me to the Hand of Flowers actually to Tom Carriages a few years ago, which was amazing. It's always great to have those um, role models and those important figures in your life. I think for no matter what walk of life people choose to go down, it's always great whenever we can look back and say that person did X, Y and Z for me. Yeah, and they still are. Like I still eat out with my dad, with my mom and with the godparents all the time and talk about food on the phone and text each other and discuss the reviews and the Sunday papers and whatever. So, yeah, they're still very much part of that education. So out of everything we've talked about then, working in TV, writing recipes, curating events, what is your real passion? Which one of those do you love the most? Or is it is it very, is it like a Sophie's Choice? It's very hard to choose one specific area. It, yeah, it is hard to choose. It doesn't matter to me, I suppose, the medium or what part I'm working in. For me, if I feel like I'm getting good knowledge out there, or good food out there to other people, I'm kind of happy enough. Like I love, I do a lot of writing and I like that there's more writing work for me now. But equally, I spent like a year in Melbourne working in a butcher and I used to love when I got to talk to somebody and tell them how to roast a leg of lamb and they've never done it before. And it doesn't matter whether I'm telling someone in a butcher shop, this is how you roast a leg of lamb or whether I'm writing a recipe or whether I'm putting it on TV, as long as I feel like someone is going to get a good feed out of it and make a good food choice. I kind of feel like it's a worthy job. (laughs) I'm really hoping that at some stage, sooner rather than later, I will get a chance to sit down and enjoy the fruits of your labour because I have heard such wonderful reports about your your cookery skills and I have no doubt that you would put an absolutely amazing feast down in front of anybody that comes to dine with you. It has been lovely to talk to you tonight. You have your website there, thatalice.com so people can go on there and and read up a bit more about you and Instagram is definitely your social media platform of choice, isn't it? Yeah, Instagram is probably my most up-to-date thing. So every time I'm working or I'm posting a new article or whatever it's yeah I'm sharing it on Instagram always not just I think that's just um, Ali Dunworth for my Instagram yeah fantastic well listen lovely to talk to you this evening Ali thanks so much for your time brilliant thanks so much Sharon you're listening to the best possible taste with Sharon Noonan sponsored by the taste.ie voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break, food consultant, cook and creative Ali Dunworth was on the phone telling us about some of the highlights of her career to date and sharing details about some upcoming projects. If you missed that and you're just tuning in now, you might want to catch The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. The podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app and it's also on the taste.ie website.
Next up tonight, we're going to hear a very quick chat I had with Michelin star chef JP McMahon in his role as founder director of Food on the Age. The two day programme of 15 minute talks, panel discussions, masterclasses and networking opportunities returns to Galway in October this year. And this year, the theme is migration. And JP started off by telling me about why that was chosen. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Uh, the theme, Sharon, this uh, year is migration. It's been a recurrent um, idea for the last couple of years. I know one year we, our T-shirt had the potato as a kind of symbol of, of immigration, not only for Irishness, but also for, for other people. But I think the issue of immigration um, and the migration of food is, is, always, is always going to be there. And I think that um, uh, we, need to, we need to think about these things because every time people move, food migrates and we have I suppose a lot of different people moving more so than ever before um, people trying to get into Europe people trying to get into the States and they bring their food culture with them and I suppose I want uh, I suppose to encourage the chefs to, to think about like I suppose their own food culture and the way we think about food say well the way we think about Irish food or Brazilian food and well, what does that exactly mean and what what, I suppose, what what level of migration is part of Irish food and I mean, there's many, many parts. Viking parts, an Anglo-Saxon part, a British part, and it, like it, it, it's, it's a very complex um, sort of idea, I suppose. Um, when you when you uh, when you when you when you start to delve into it, and you mentioned Brazil there, and you have a couple of speakers coming from South America this year, and one of them is from Brazil, Alex Atala. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, Alex. Uh, Alex is um, is one of Brazil's um, top chefs, and um, he. Um, I mean, I've been trying to get him for the last couple of years, and it's very, um, it's very, uh, it's very good to finally get him. But uh, Alex has been on chef's table, and he, um, uh, it's, uh, no, it's great to have him. Do you think the program Chef's Table, which is on Netflix, makes Food in the Age a bit more accessible to the everyday person because they might have got an insight into some of these chefs from all corners of the world? I think so, and we have Ben Shuri coming as well, which is also, Ben was also on Chef's Table. I think it helps bridge the gap between, I suppose, the high-end food to the kind of uh, what everyone uh, what everyone else is doing. And I suppose for me, the gap is, is, is not as large, but I suppose when you, when you think about other people, I mean, um, that aren't involved in the industry, it's good to um, reach out to them. Because it is very important to you that it's not just chefs that come to the event, that it's the general public, it's the housewife, it's the, the stay-at-home father, it's whoever. Oh, no, absolutely. And we have yeah, farmers and different growers and so many different people in, in, in the industry. And I suppose when you think about food, I mean, everybody is part of food. And if there isn't anyone, I mean, everyone eats every day. And I suppose whether you think, have time to think about where your food comes from or you're or you're interested in that, or you're interested in how to make food more sustainable, or in, in hospital food, or food in schools. Like, all of these things are constantly come up by Food on the Edge. You mentioned farmers there, and you would have had the friendly farmer as a speaker a year or two ago. Have you plans this year to have some people that aren't chefs? Well, I think it's always important to have um, to have farmers. I mean, we have... Uh, we certainly always try and pick at least five or ten speakers that are not chefs. Last year we had a, our first front of house person who was a, an important person for um, uh, for Heston Blumenthal uh, getting his three stars and also for Ida Costa. And so it's, it's important to try and reach out because I think every area of food is um, is just as relevant. And we have to, while, while the focus is on chefs because I'm a chef and we need some 
some type of uh, grounding tool, and that's for me, it's the chef. Um, but we, 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 last year we had so many different practitioners. We had um, uh, Joshna, who, is a, who was a chef, but is now involved very much in hospital food in Toronto and trying to change that and bring Providence to it. And for me, that was one of the, one of the key talks um, last year because all, we all have those problems. We all have relatives in, in hospital and they all have, uh, I suppose, experienced food and it's not the best. And um, I, I think that's, that's a key issue. It's very challenging for you to get the gender balance right at Food in the Age because the availability or the desire of females to come and speak at the event. Have you been able to kind of push the, the balance up and have it a bit better this year? Because I know it is something that you are committed to doing, but it's just not as easy as having 10 male and 10 female. Yeah, it's always uh, it's always a struggle. And it's not, of course, people say, well, there are, you know, we, we can find um, uh, women speakers if uh, if we want, but I mean I don't want to descend into tokenism. I mean last year we had I think uh, fifteen or twenty, to say maybe thirty-five uh, men, and like I mean we do our best and we put out a, a call for the past speakers. And it, and even yesterday, uh, my wife has said to me, unfortunately, a lot of the recommendations we get are are men as well, and it's up to us to challenge that and to write back and say. Like, uh, do you have any um, female chefs or female practitioners that you think you can uh, that you think you can recommend? So it's uh, like it is a challenge, and but it is it is important for us as well, or it's important to state that we do invite top two and three star uh, female chefs, and a lot of times they say no. And so I think the responsibility is also on uh, top female chefs to contact us all over the world. I mean, we, we there's many of them in France and Italy, and uh, for a lot of times. For, for whatever degree they don't want to uh, they don't want to come and and that's that, 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 and that's fine but we we really need I mean great role models and um, rather than just kind of simple tokenism of just picking twenty five women because they are women we re- we really try and pick people because of what they have done irrespective of their if they're male or they're female or or their or their color or their sexuality I mean I try and look beyond that but unfortunately when you run the event and you put the poster up. Is the first thing people see, and um, I, and that's why I mean it's great to have Alex from Brazil because it's important for me to to get people uh, from all over the world. Food education, then let's talk about it for a minute because you have a food in the age schools project that's being launched this year. Yeah, we we that was kind of coming the last two years, and we had our letter to the Minister of Education two years ago where we sent I think four hundred and fifty. Uh, signatory uh, signed copies of the letters asking to consider a mandatory food subject and the schools project is an extension of that and we're hoping to develop a little workbook that we can uh, send out to chefs in Ireland and also in the world uh, to, to go out into schools so it'll be like a it won't be something we control but it'll be something we try and guide because it's kind of like trying to organise it from a grassroots area and, and uh, I know Wade Murphy uh, is already interested so the idea would be that I would we would send Wade the workbook, uh, the T-shirt. He would go into the schools and he would do some workshops and then he would send back um, some information and then we would publicise that. And so it, it's kind of like a, a way of, of, of spreading uh, food into the schools because we, we had a meeting recently with different bodies. I mean, many, many people who are involved in, in trying to get a food subject on schools. And it, it, it's extremely complex. Um, I mean, to get a new subject on the curriculum of primary school could take up to 15 years and I mean, it mightn't be the, the, the best way of doing it. A better way might be to infiltrate it into other subjects, like the way you use maths for baking or 
you 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 learn about food providence through history and geography. So I suppose different things like that, that might be a better way of getting into it. If you had to pick three things that are happening this year at Food and the Edge that are the highlights for you that you're really looking forward to at the moment, what would those three things be? Uh, three things from last year or three things from this year? This year. Looking forward uh, to this year. Uh, what are you most excited uh, about this year at the moment? God, well, I mean, I'm very excited to bring in Alex and Tala and Ben Shrew to go. It's probably, I mean, we've been working on, I mean, pretty much since day one, trying to get them, uh, trying to get them on board. So, um, I mean, that's probably uh, one, of, one of the keys. I suppose it's, it's bringing the speakers back to Galway, bringing them to, to Ireland and showing, showcasing the, the country to them. I mean, for me, that's really, really important. Well, fair play to you, JP, because you don't do it for the money, that's for sure. You do it for the love of it and the passion uh, for love, it. Love and, love and passion. And uh, I've uh, my good wife, Regine, <laughs> <laughs> who helps uh, me. It keeps me in check. You have a great team of fabulous women surrounding you there, keeping you in order, yes, as you say. The tickets are on sale now on the website foodintheedge.ie, so I'm sure you'd like people to go on and enjoy the the benefit of the early bird rate and secure their tickets there because I'm sure they're limited in number. And uh, best of luck with it. Thank you very much, Sharon. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break, Chef JP McMahon revealed details about this year's Food on the Age, which takes place in October in Galway. Earlier in the programme, food consultant, cook and creative Ali Dunworth was on the phone telling us about some of the highlights of her career to date and sharing details about upcoming projects. And just to let you know that Best Possible Taste is repeated on West Limerick 102 FM on Wednesday mornings at 8am. The podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app and it's also on the taste.ie website. Now, before we finish up tonight, a belated happy, significant birthday to Gareth Mullins, executive head chef at the Marker Hotel in Dublin. I hope you had a chance to enjoy lots of cake at the weekend, Gareth, and no doubt you had a few willing helpers when it came to blowing out all those candles. In event news, Cloda McKenna has released details for her next series of one-day intimate workshops on how to create a magical supper at home. They take place in her artist's studio in London and during the workshops, Cloda shares her knowledge from over 20 years of cooking professionally and she'll teach guests how to create a beautiful seasonal three-course menu, decorate the table and arrange the flowers. Tickets are on Eventbrite and include the workshop, lunch, a copy of Cloda's latest book and a goodie bag. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Thanks for tuning in and to my guests, Ali Dunworth and JP McMahon. I'll be back next week, but feel free to get in touch in the meantime with your food and drink news, recipes and events. Email me s.nunan at live.ie. And if you would like to hear my seven-year-old Hannah talking about her first tasting of a pickled onion, tweet me at Queen of Org and let me know. And I'll ask her if she'll share the gory details if she hasn't been too traumatised by the experience. So until next week, bon appétit. Thanks for listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. 
To get in touch with the best possible taste, email Sharon at SharonNoonan.com or tweet Sharon at Queen of Org. As in, Queen of Organisation. Bon appétit. <laughs> <laughs>